Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Will You Be My Friend podcast. Today, I have internet boyfriend. I almost said the internet boyfriend. He's my internet boyfriend, but I don't know that he's the, the internet boy. I think he's on, he's on the road to becoming the internet boyfriend, and um, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I, I think he's going to get there. And uh, today we had a really fun conversation about Dungeons and Dungeons, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. We talked about how studying opera in college might affect your uh, modern music that you're creating. And uh, of course, we talked about coronavirus because holy shit, that's really what's going on right now. Um, so yeah, without further ado, here's my conversation with Internet Boyfriend. Dominic my bro they say third time's the charm and we're hoping that this this third start to our podcast will be the the keeper fingers crossed my man uh if this doesn't work i might just jump out of this window Um, don't don't do that don't i am on the second floor i will survive but i will probably come out of it horribly maimed I feel um, like that's how most of our generation feels about the coronavirus. I feel like that's how most of our generation feels about most things, bro. It <laughs> on fire. Everything is scary. Dude. Oh, Donald Trump is the president of these United States. And he is doing Wild. a bad job. But, Wild. yeah. Dude, tell me about your past two weeks with all hmm. this corona shit. Because for me, like... Two and a half weeks ago, I wasn't taking it seriously at all as something that would affect my life. Yeah. How the beginning of us were, you know? I have like three friends who are kind of paranoid in general, and they were worried mm-hmm. about it. But yeah, I think <laughs> most 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 of us did not foresee this coming at all. Nah, this shit is whack, man. Um, yeah. It's very strange. My last couple of weeks, I have been very fortunate in Mm. that I sort of planned to be um, doing sort of the exact same thing that I'm doing now anyways. Um, Yeah, I left a job. I used to move books around at the Getty Library. Uh, They have an annex in Valencia. Um, So I was just moving books around for a while there. Full-time job. And I, about a month ago, left in order to give myself more time to finish up music and sort of get some stuff uh a number of balls were rolling in a number of directions Mm. i was like all right i need to sort of finish things up here and uh so i've just been chilling at home finishing up some songs uh the production on some songs Mm. um trying to write a lot more music and trying to see what i could do to sort of keep this artist thing going so i've my last couple of weeks have been chill and I have good roommates. So I'm really lucky about that. We sort mm-hmm. of like, we did uh, purchase and complete dark souls three in a number of days. Cause <laughs> nice. um, we are degenerous. Hell yeah. but, uh, my last couple of weeks have been like personally very chill, but it is yeah. wild to see the, the lives and livelihoods of most people be affected in a, a really um 
seismic way. It's very, very crazy. Yeah, man. The like economic and the health like injuries that our nation, like the world is experiencing right now is really wild. Small businesses that may not make it through this friends and family that, you know, could get this virus and potentially be fatal or have some long lasting effects to their lungs or their body. It's kind of scary. But then on the other hand, it's like so nice to have a little moment to recharge and to like reorient. Yeah. I, I think about that. I have been thinking about that a lot because I think we all have. Mm. Um, And I'm on the one hand, like personally grateful to just be at this cognizant of the situation that I'm in where it's like, yeah, I am very privileged to be able to just chill and and reset and all that. But it's like, to me, the struggle is like, there are a lot of people that are not that fortunate um, either health-wise or economically, like lower-class families, like in um, lower financial circles, mm. like people that do have to work every day and live paycheck to paycheck, like have been affected in a a really wild way, and um, and people who are I don't know immunocompromised. I think mm. I said that correctly. Immunocompromised. Um, I've only been reading it online. I don't know where the emphasis is. Yeah. Uh, emphasis, but, uh, you mean. It, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> bro. This is why we're doing this because because the only communication I've had for the last fucking two weeks is nonverbal. <laughs> I'm it wrong. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. It's uh, I think we're seeing a lot of a lot of a lot of people are sort of. I, it's been it's been nice to see artists handling it in the way that uh, they have of just mm. sort of like either like taking a second to be like, whoa, I need to chill and not allow myself to be defined by this one thing of being an artist or to be like sort of double down and be like, I'm just going to make a bunch of stuff because that's where I'm at. And it's, Mm. yeah, it's, I think, important for everybody to handle it in the way that they feel uh, most comfortable handling it. Totally, man. How is like your family handling it? How are they doing? Ooh, my family is good. Um, two of my siblings are at UCLA right now Mm. um and is my brother's freshman year so he's like so excited to finally be out of the house and then fucking six months later it's like just kidding um you're gonna be stuck inside for the rest of the year Mm. um and I think they ended up canceling all of their classes through to Mm. the not canceling but like doing them online yeah Uh, so and it's my my sister senior year Mm. so she is this wild that this is like yeah this is how you're gonna finish up your college experience yeah Um, but yeah that they're they're handling it they're it's the same as anybody else it's like there are some ways where it's it's like oh i guess i'll just take a break and there are other ways where it's like it would be nice to make eye contact with somebody in person yeah 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 it's funny man like even just like going to the grocery store or something like the little conversation that I might have with the clerk. I, I found that, um, I've, I've been getting more contacts than I thought 
I would be getting like because mm. uh, I'm fairly introverted yeah. so I could go I could go with just like a little conversation with the grocery clerk once a week and be okay but I know not everyone's like that and then also like starting this podcast having all these conversations has been like mm. a really cool way to just talk to people and get some social time yeah extremely you said you've done like 30 of these okay so i started this podcast well not this podcast in its current form okay but like the idea of like the okay will you be my friend podcast and it's gonna have this you know this vibe to it or whatever um i started recording them in like november oh uh, so i have 17 for sure because a couple of them didn't turn out i have 17 for sure like recorded live that i've done here and there were a couple reasons why i wasn't putting them out one i was waiting to get a new computer to be able to edit them faster yeah and then two i was practicing like being a host because being a mm -hmm. host of a podcast was like a skill set that i didn't have so i needed a bit of time to like practice and then three, there was like technical difficulties of like, um, I had to figure out that I needed my computer to be plugged into like my isolated power thing because when it's plugged into the wall and then something else is on, there's a weird electrical sound, but I couldn't, I needed it, like it doesn't happen all the time. So I, I needed to figure out like little technical difficulty things. Yeah. Um, but then once this Corona thing hit, and I, I was planning on going live with the podcast soon anyway, but once this Corona thing hit and I wasn't going to be, you know, I'm thinking that I'm probably not going to be able to have a guest over for at least two months, maybe three. I don't know. We'll see how long it takes. But yeah. um, if that's the case, I was like, fuck, I should just start doing Zoom podcasts. And because uh, it's super easy, like you just hop on with your buds like we're doing right now. I mean, but unfortunately, the technical difficulties that we ran into was like way more than what it usually is. Oh, but it, that's life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But um, it's funny because the the podcast that I recorded yesterday was with my buddy Brian and he had come over to do a live episode so tonight i'm posting like a double feature like i'm posting the live one that we did and then like the zoom one that he did so i might i, I might end up just doing that with everyone who came by not a bad idea yeah it's a lot of content yeah it really is man um but it's kind of like that's the way that i consume podcasts like if i get into something i just I just will binge everything that's available and I'll have it on like while I'm cooking or while I'm driving. I mean, I'm not driving much these days, but back in the day I was driving a bunch. And um, for me, listening to podcasts is like, I reap the benefits of hanging out with my friends and it feels like I'm hanging out with my friends, but without the social pressure of actually having to engage in the conversation. Oh, like having to be fun or interesting. Yeah. Totally. Sure, totally. Yeah. yeah. So that's also like part of the idea with this podcast is like people that are listening to it. Like, I hope that they just, they feel like they're hanging out mm. with their buds. I'm into it. Yeah. Man. Fingers crossed, man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so for the corona thing, I'm trying to do this every day. Damn, tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so solid. We'll see how it goes.
I think, I mean, you are a, a man who has proven himself able to do something every day. <laughs> it's true. It's true, man. That whole songwriting every day thing, that was, that was, a, that was its own thing. Man. That's really, tight. Really wild. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm happy to have completed it. I'm happy that it's done and that I can <laughs> spend my energy in other ways. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. I can very much imagine. Yeah, dude. What's your relationship like with creativity? Like, do you feel like it's pretty easy for you to tap into? Do you go into seasons of being more or less creative? I think everything kind of shifted for me maybe three years ago. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I used to think of it, I think, in the way that people who are not used to creating and like writing or whether it's writing music or writing scripts or screenplays or whatever the case might be, or comedy, like whatever. Um, from the outside perspective, it looks like, oh, this person has written, like, okay, this person has an album. That's 12 songs. That means that they just wrote 12 songs and they all happen to be good. Um, but we don't hear the hundreds and dozens and dozens of, other songs that didn't make the cut or it's like oh yeah I wrote a verse and then I left it alone and I forgot about it uh or whatever the case might be and uh maybe three years ago four years ago no okay three years ago um I was six months out of college and I was living in the back of my grandma's house and um I had downloaded Ableton onto my computer and I had made like two beats um, and I had written, I mean, I'd written songs, but I hadn't ever like dedicated time to shedding songwriting. Um, Cause I had, I studied classical singing in school. So I was used to like, all right, cool. I'll like sing and make noise in a box alone for two hours a day. That's easy to do. Um, but I had never like brought that same approach to um, like writing or like whether it's music or words, just had never done it. And that January of 2017, I just like, I was living in the back of my grandma's house. I had a couple choir, like classical choir gigs wrap up that just like paid me enough money that I could kind of just chill for a little bit. And I like wasn't paying rent. So like, what the fuck do I have to spend my money on? Um, and I, uh, I just like started making as many beats as I could and writing as many songs as I could. And uh, at a certain point it shifted from like, oh, I need to make something good. And like, I need to make something um, because I, uh, it shifted away from like, oh, I need to create something because I want it to be good. And towards like, I enjoy doing this and it's a good time and I, just like it's what my brain sort of shifted and started thinking about mm. um so these days I try and write lyrics every day and I try and write a little bit of music every day and if it turns mm. out to be a whole song tight if it turns out to be like oh cool I played some chords and I nothing happened it's like this is what I enjoy doing um and uh so yeah I don't really go through seasons with it it's kind of just like It 
it feels like it is the main thing that my brain is thinking about at most times. Um, unless I am having a conversation with somebody or eating, mm. it's like, or even then still, it's like, yeah, I'm kind of just thinking about music. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's strange. I don't really reflect on things anymore. I don't really reminisce the way that I used to be doing, but, mm. but yeah, I don't know if that answered that question. Do you feel like you're thinking about music as kind of compulsive, like in a, like in a kind of a negative way, or does it feel very like positive? To, these days it feels positive. Cool. Man. Um, there was a, I think there was a while where I was really like, I need to make this happen. I need to, uh have quote-unquote success as a musician yeah uh, if i don't get that then i will never be happy yeah uh, and then uh uh some stuff happened and some reflection occurred and in the last couple months really it sort of has shifted to be like uh, it has to be because it's like what i enjoy doing like mm. and if the best stuff i've ever excuse me uh not best but the stuff that I've made that most other people have responded most favorably to has been the music that when I sat down and wrote it, it was like, Oh, this feels gratifying to write. Um, yeah. So to me, it's a, it's a positive thing. Now I don't really have a, I don't have much of a, a block about creating stuff. I kind of, I also have have done the best that I can to sort of detach my personal um, sense of worth mm. from the act of creating and like how good of a musician or producer or singer I can be. Mm. So if it's like, I'm looking at my microphone over here. So it's like, if I sound like ass on one particular day and mm. I just like can't sing anything well uh, to my standards, instead of like carrying that with me through the rest of my life and the rest of the world, mm. or as I move through the rest of the world, I have done my best to be able to say, okay, this is not a reflection on me as a person, or um, it does not mean that I'm a bad musician just because I wasn't able to do this all in one day. It's like, cool, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna go play Smash Bros. with my roommates and get my ass kicked. <laughs> move on from one ass kicking session to another it's brutal man my roommates are a lot better than than i am at super smash bros too so it's like what are we even doing is it always ultimate or are there like retro ones mm, too these days it's always ultimate okay um, but before ultimate it was it was a, a reasonable amount of melee yeah ultimate was really what brought it back you know? totally yeah do you I've... have roommates right now I don't have roommates. I live, uh, I live all by myself uh, in this, uh, in a little cute little bungalow up here in Pasadena. Adorable. It's very adorable. There are pros and cons to living on my own. Um, I thought it was going to be just like a really great idea. And I think it is a good idea, but all in all, I, I'm not certain that it's objectively better than, than having mm -hmm. roommates yeah 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 it's wild have you ever lived on your own or has it always been roommates um i haven't technically lived on my own but while i was living with my grandma mm. there was one month where my aunt i was living with my aunt who is a bankruptcy attorney and works from home 
mm-hmm. never married, never had kids, never wanted to. Mm-hmm. And well, maybe she wanted to. I don't know. I've never asked. I should mm-hmm. ask. And my grandma, who is 92, mm-hmm. um, and they were out of town for a month mm-hmm. this one summer. So I was just chilling with the cats. Um, and honestly, it's kind of tight. It was a good time. Yeah, but dude. definitely not lonely. Definitely like, there are definitely days where it was like, oh, <laughs> I need to have a conversation. Yeah, I, for me, it's not so much the literal conversations as it is so much like, uh, like having a witness. Like mm. when I am here by myself, I mean, this is the, this is the example that I always gravitate towards. But like when I lived with other people, and I had a decision of whether or not I was going to wash the dishes. Like, if I wash the dishes, it would affect my roommate, my roommate's life positively. Yes. And if I didn't wash the dishes, it would affect their life negatively. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even though they weren't there literally watching me make that decision, I still felt like that decision, like I had a witness because it affected other people's lives. Yeah. But now with just me, like, whether or not I wash the dishes doesn't affect anyone but me. And yeah. it gives me this sense of like existential loneliness. Whoa. If that, if that makes sense. Damn, bro. It's kind of like heavy and dark and deep. <laughs> it can be if you allow it to become that. But, yeah, straight up. Yeah, and I think I do. But it's like, so that's the example of washing dishes. And then mm-hmm. my brain will multiply that by every single decision that I make throughout the day. Oh, straight. Yeah. So absolutely. it's like a, it's like a dark spiral of loneliness. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. You say that with a smile, but wow. Well, it's, it, it's, uh, I've been living, uh, it'll be two years in August and mm-hmm. uh, I've like, I've experienced some real like, serious depression here in this place like being by myself so i can i can talk about it because i maybe i've been through it and i can smile about it because you know it's not happening happening currently but i think that that was like another reason why i wanted to start a podcast is uh at the beginning of this year i started two things i started this like small group of artists that we before the quarantine we were meeting on tuesday nights to talk about like finishing our art project finishing things club totally 100 percent. yeah Mm -hmm. and then the other thing was like oh i'll like start a podcast and i'll have people over and it'll be like a reason to have people over because as you and i have jokes if you remember um i have had girls not want to come over and sleep with me because i live in pasadena yeah of course that, I remember Doug. that 15 minute drive dude uh, hey man at least it's only the drive <laughs> at, least there's, at least there's not another reason um dude it's so funny because that one that i was texting you about or messaging you on instagram stories to be DMs. more honest uh that that's what it literally was dude i had met this girl outside of bedrock rehearsing studios and like we were vibing and we were texting a whole bunch, like like totally texting, like we were gonna hang out that night. And then out of nowhere, she's like, where do you live? And I'm like, Pasadena and nothing from then. <laughs> Total flip. Damn. That's ice cold. 
Yeah, but this is like this is an important thing that we should talk about for for the any for the uninitiated. You sir have an Instagram account called oh. Internet Boyfriend. Oh, you better believe I do. Where sometimes, not every day, but sometimes you'll get on there and you'll have a a a, a prompt that says help. What is it? Help me help you get laid, right? There it is. So talk me through the story of this brilliant, brilliant thing that you do. Oh my God. It's been a while. I think the last one I did was in January. Really? Um, but I, last summer, I was working at this job and it was like, I was getting there at eight in the morning and leaving at 4.30. And the nature of the job was just like, essentially doing like warehouse work just like moving shit around and i could feel myself one becoming a more boring person because i wasn't <laughs> practicing the skill of like being funny and like having banter and conversations yeah and two just being so drained by the end of a day of just like i was just listening to music all day mm. and podcasts but like at the end of a day i was just so like I didn't have any energy left to be creative with by the time I got home at like five thirty. So there was one day where I was like, shit, I'm not making anybody else laugh mm. and I'm not, nobody's making me laugh. So I need some way to sort of mitigate this, uh, isolation. Yeah. Um, and I had no idea if anybody was going to care, but I, I put one of those little question boxes up. It was like, let me give you dating advice. Like, help me help you get laid. And I, I have never given somebody a good piece of advice. It's always <laughs> horrible. It's always bad. Um, and like, there have been times where it has verged on problematic. I would say, but I think in my mind, the the joke has been like, wow, this is really bad and problematic advice. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. Completely. Because um, it's like when I. The one that I, the one that I, the one that I remember yeah. is like, somebody was like, um, the question was like, the one that I, this, this one question, somebody asked, I really like this girl, um, but she's trapped me in the friend zone. How do I get out of the friend zone? And I was like, it's a 15 second response. So I was like, okay, so first things first, I just want to address this, like the idea of like being friend zoned is problematic because it insinuates that a woman is nothing more than like uh, an object that you can put coins into by being nice to her until uh, eventually you put enough coins in, she has sex with you, she owes you sex. That's sort of sure. what the friend zone implies. Sure. Uh, now what you want to learn how to do is, with that being said, what you want to learn how to do is neg, cut, end of end of advice yeah. it's just like so dumb yeah totally. the, to me the juxtaposition of like woke to the point almost of uh <laughs> frustrating and yeah. then just 180 degree turn to like whoa that was really <laughs> fucked up yeah um, i that is sort of where i that sort of thing has always made me laugh so, mm. so that's what a lot of it is but hey sometimes they're okay i guess there's one time where a guy slid in and he was like, Hey, 
Um, I think I'm questioning my sexuality. I've like started to notice that I'm attracted to some men. Like maybe I'm gay, maybe I'm bisexual. And I was like, I, I think I was like, yo, if you are feeling these feelings, you should explore that. Like more power to you. Um, you go forward with my blessing. As long as you are living your truth, like that is sick. And I was like, yeah, there's no joke here. This one's wholesome. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun. Maybe I'll do some again. They were a good time. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I love your music too. And I know that like a, a couple, I feel like I've heard you mention a couple times that it might be frustrating for you that people engage with the comedy content on Instagram a little more than they engage with your music. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, I think maybe, maybe a few months ago. Yeah, definitely. There were a couple times where like I made jokes about it um, or like, I was like, Oh, this is, this is what you fucking want here. I'll do it. I'll give you all of these. Um, but I think there was a little bit of truth at the core of that joke. Yeah. But I've sort of, I don't know, I've gotten to a place where it's like, if people are going to respond to what they respond to, and okay. we can never control that. It's like, all we can do is make what we're going to make and send it off into the world. And then at that point, it's not ours anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a, oh, excuse me, definitely a minute where I was like, I don't want, I want people to think I'm funny. Mm. And then <laughs> I want to be a brooding artist. Exactly. I was like, I want to be serious. And then I looked around and I was like, that's so dumb. Um, it's like, I don't know. I, I talked about it in therapy and my therapist was like, do you know how many people really want to be funny? And I was like, no, I've never had to interact with somebody who's not funny. Um, no, I don't think I said that, but it was like, yeah. it was a, uh, yeah, there was, I don't know, my perspective on it has shifted. I think mm. maybe now that, now that we've had this conversation, maybe I will do some again, especially because we're fucking so quarantined. Everybody's quarantined. We're also bored. Well, I feel like I saw, like, just recently you were talking about someone had asked you, like, how am I supposed to get laid while we're quarantined? And then you made a joke oh, about yeah. getting your game. Like, this is now the time to, like, <laughs> like, go. It is time to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> Capitalizing. Look, capitalism is a fucked up system, but oh. it's the system we're in. And yeah. we, as the people at the bottom, need to establish footholds in whatever way we can <laughs> to accrue some capital so that we can eat the rich. <laughs> I believe that it's Amy Leffler, L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R. She's uh -huh. a member of the senate i want to say mm -hmm. member of the senate and they got briefed on coronavirus mm. they all heard all the information and then she and her husband offloaded seven figures of stocks Whoa. and they are not being prosecuted for insider trading that shit is wild yeah. um and meanwhile um so if they if these people are doing that you should start only fans and sell photos of your feet to, to horny dudes online with my <laughs> advice to the to the the girl that submitted that question i was like no don't get laid make get paid <laughs> um, i was trying to get that funny in the moment but uh yeah 
No, dude, it's fucking hilarious. I really, really love all that shit. Thanks, man. And I'd They're like, funny. it's it's some of the funniest shit I see on Instagram. Honestly, it's it's good. It's really good. Also, like your your comedic timing specifically is really good, and the fact that you're like you're coming up with all these bits that work so well in the 15 second time limit. Like it's, it's very impressive. Thanks man. Yeah. It's good shit. It's totally good it's shit. Very nice. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, yeah man. That's cool to hear. Thank you. Totally. So you're, um, yeah, man, I mean every word, but, uh, so are you, are you working on a second full length record right now? At the moment, your boy is, <clears throat> uh finishing up an ep cool we've got we've got four songs on it plus a little intro cool it's like huh, it's good i think that it will i think that the people that enjoy the internet boyfriend music will very much enjoy it it's like the goal here is to make all the people who pay attention and like because there are like i am incredibly fortunate in that a non-zero number of people have decided they want to pay attention to the music that I am making. Hell yeah. Uh, so at this point, it just, it feels right to sort of like, these four songs in particular feel very like, like loving and supportive and gentle. And especially at a time when the world is like, yo, are we good? Yeah. I, I think it feels, um, it feels good. It feels like the right time to sort of just, it feels like songs that a certain people will be very happy, a certain number of people would be very happy to hear, um, ideally. Um, so there's that, uh, and the concept that we're working with, and by we, I mean me. <laughs> uh, the concept is uh, songs to send your lover. And the idea is like, these are songs that like, if you have a crush on somebody, but you have not yet told them, uh, but you're like interacting a lot and you're seeing this person around, you bump into each other. Uh, and it's like, Oh shoot, you should make me a playlist. I'll make you a playlist. It's like songs that you can drop into this playlist that are subtle hints of like, I like you. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully, hopefully these songs get somebody laid, you know? <laughs> Hey, every little bit counts. Absolutely. It you just seems... gotta, you're not putting in as many coins as you can, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's so funny, man. It seems like you're a bit of a fan of the concept record, or at the very least, putting out bodies of work that have some sort of a through line. Mm, yeah, extremely. Wait, you... I, I have to pee, but yes. Oh, yeah. And we will return. We will capital. We will continue with this in a moment. But Fuck yeah, looking forward I'm to it. I'll be back in, in two seconds. Cool, man. Uh.
Okay. My yeah. hands have been thoroughly washed and I've returned. Did you sing happy birthday three times? I sing it twice. <laughs> three times? I don't know, dude. I Fuck. I don't know. I think I, I I think it's pronation, bro. Like as long as we're erring on the side of taking care of ourselves better than usual, that's yeah. that's all we can do. Absolutely. That's all we can do, man. But anyway, I agree. Okay. Back to the music. Back to your creative perspective. <laughs> I was just curious about your. Uh, yeah, your affinity for like concept records. Yeah. Um, well, at the moment, I, I have the one album out. Um, mm. And that one, I tried to make it flow as best as I possibly could. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, I don't know, just the albums that I've always felt more drawn to, whether it's a concept thing or not. I've I the the through line seems to be that things feel as if there is uh like some central themes that are being worked around mm. more than just like these are songs that I wrote mm. or um this these are uh like this is like a collection of songs that happen to be I don't know like a like a I hesitate to say just a pop record because there are plenty of pop records that work fantastically. Um, but just like things that are more like intentionally cohesive mm. and work on a, uh, on a conceptual level, mm. whether it's Kanye West, like the college dropout or, um, you know, Punch Brothers? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Punch Brothers, like the phosphorescent blues, which is like, mm. I wouldn't like, there's not a, a structured narrative there. Mm. Um, but there is the the idea that all of the songs are sort of about technology and how it is affecting and changing for better or worse the ways that we interact with each other um, or like Kendrick Lamar mm. any Kendrick Lamar album um, those are just yeah, the listening experiences that I personally have been most drawn to mm. um, and I think it just shows um, that there's more care going into it mm. um, and I, I think it's really exciting when people are, people care enough to make the best possible thing that they can make mm. at that time, whether it's, um, whether it's uh, Kanye West with fucking college dropout to go back to that, or whether it's like, um, did you see that video of the six-year-old girl playing guitar and singing I Wish You Love? I think I've seen the thumbnail, but I haven't actually watched it. It's incredible. Um, watch it. She sounds great. And it's amazing because it's like, it's it's partly amazing because it's amazing because she's mm. six and she plays guitar better than I do. Mm. Um, and it's also just like, you care about this a lot. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just feel like it's a missed opportunity when there's not, when songs sort of just like start and stop and start and stop um or like like the best example to me of this is the no worries album the anderson pack and knowledge one yeah if you're familiar yeah i am by i'm not <laughs> i'm not mentioning like dusty nobody's ever heard of it before music 
totally. it's not pure by any means, but it's like yeah. that is a real, a really interesting piece of work. Yeah. Partly because sonically it all flows from one song to the next. Partly because it feels to me like there's, like, it feels like there's a a journey that happens. You know, yeah. it's it's really cool, um, and I think part of that probably is like. I studied classical music in school, so I was learning about operas and singing opera and paying attention to that and just always have been drawn to things of like a, a dramatic scale um, and things that, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you could. Things that like, uh, things that sort of get at the deepest parts of being a person. And I think that uh, if you're able to sort of if an artist is able to sort of mitigate expectations from one track to the next, like mm -hmm. if you have like a couple, if let's say we have four songs in a row mm -hmm. and there's one that's like two or three, uh, two that are kind of fast and two that are kind of slow. Mm -hmm. It could be interesting, like whether you have the two fast ones and then the two slow ones or like fast, slow, fast, slow, or slow, fast, slow, fast. It's like, there's a different, listening experience that happens um based on the way that songs are ordered um and a thing that i have noticed personally and cannot scientifically um testify to being a fact or quantify in any way um is that i perceive certain songs um at different tempos depending on whether I've heard them on the album or in a playlist after another song. Totally. Um, let me see. Let's pull up a, an album. Fuck yeah. This is just going to be a... Sample size. Yeah. Mm. Let me get a little test going here. Yeah. I mean, I probably won't play it on my phone through the, la micro the laptop microphone to you, mm. um, just because that's out. But... Um, Okay. No, that's uh, we'll try and use something that is like known by people. Sure. Hmm. Um fuck it, let's use no worries. Okay. So the song What more can I Okay, we're going to play best one. Great. Great place to start. And we're gonna go to the end. We get this little outro here. Right into the next song. Oh, yeah. And like, because of the, like it's a pretty similar groove. Yeah. Like, um, but if if what more can I say comes after like well all the songs on this record are pretty cohesive but if that song is just in a playlist totally I, I perceive it as so slow mm. if it comes after something that is like a little bit faster yes uh, if that makes sense this got rambly and uh, sort of out but I don't know it if makes that makes sense. It makes complete sense. So you as an artist, 
<clears throat> are interested in curating the experience of the record. Like, yes, assuming that there might be some people out there who would listen to the record from start to finish. I know some people, they'll put on a brand new record they've never heard before, and they fucking put that shit on shuffle. Ugh. And I just, that just, I mean, that, that really rubs me the wrong way. Cause I, like you, really, uh, really value that curated experience. Like, my thinking has always been if the, at some point, the artist or their manager or the label or whoever made yeah. a decision about which song was gonna be first and which was gonna be second. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a reason why they put it in that order and maybe it should be experienced in that order. And yeah. I've actually had to loosen up on this idealism a lot. Cause when I was yeah. in high school, I only ever listened to records from start to finish. And I never yeah. listened to any playlists or any mixtapes or like anything. Um, like friends would burn me mixtapes of shit. And if I like stuff, then I'd just go buy the record and listen to the whole record. Like I wouldn't yeah. fuck with like the mixtape or whatever. And now <clears throat> like uh, in my mid to late twenties, I've discovered like the value of putting together a playlist and how it can in, like I used to think that it diminished a song to not hear it in context of the rest of the record. But now I can yeah. see how a song can like take on a different sort of a life and a different sort of a vibe in the context of a different playlist. And I see how interesting that is. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, man, I totally agree with everything that you've been talking about so far. Yeah, cause like curating a, when somebody makes a playlist, it's like you're curate, you are curating a different experience for somebody else. Yeah. And that is, it's like, yeah. I, not that I'm not that I'm not that I'm making playlists for anybody these days, but uh, <clears throat> the times in the past where it's like, it's like, oh, I'm talking to somebody, mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, yeah, let me make me a playlist, and it's like, okay, hey. cool, hey. all right, I'm gonna see what I can do here. Let me yeah. send, uh, let me send you these songs in this order, because wow. um, it's like, yeah, I just feel like curating an experience for somebody is like a a good way to be able to say like hey i care about you without mm -hmm. having to like sit them down and shake them by the shoulders and like yell at them um, and uh yeah i don't know but it's it always just feels like a missed opportunity to me when that doesn't happen on an album totally. if it's like because <clears throat> it's we're not just like selling records mm. It's like, I mean, especially I, it's not like, but um, like in, in 2020, yeah, when we have the option to go on Spotify and just stream one song, um, and like we have playlists and we have all this shit, like if you're going to make an album, like why not, one, don't make an album if you don't have something to say that is going to take an album to say it. Mm. Two, like why not make that shit good? Hmm. and if uh, if it's like disjunct and disorienting like that can be intentional and that can be really cool yeah but um i have always been drawn to things that just like there is an intention behind it because hmm. uh, because it's easy to move through the world uh without much intention mm -hmm. just kind of like oh cool i'm wake up go do my thing like not have a routine 
um, or uh, like in interacting with people, it's really easy to like all of us have things we're not aware of and like biases and uh, blindnesses and we see things from different perspectives because of like the way we were raised or like that time we forgot about when we were in seventh grade and somebody like fucking said some mean shit to us and we mm. closed down in a certain way. It's like, yeah, there's so much buried. It's like, I think that if we're going to make art, it has to be intentional or it's, uh, <clears throat> or it's sort of a missed opportunity. Yeah. That's, mm. I guess that's, that's not new. That's not profound, but that's sort of how I feel about it. That's like the camp that I fall into. Totally. No. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And I think I've been a little too idealistic about that in the past where I've like looked down on pop shit because I was like, Oh, that's fucking missed opportunity. And they're fucking, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, man, my, my heart totally agrees with you. Yeah. But my heart has led me astray, so don't take that as a compliment. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm going to walk away from this. I got some stuff to think about tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. My goodness. Dude, so I have a little bit of a specific question for you, and that is right. how has studying classical voice music affected mm. you at, in your current state where you're where you're making modern music interesting um <clears throat> i think it has predominantly been a positive thing cool i mean i never really saw myself when i first started studying classical music i never was like yeah i'm gonna be an opera singer it was like i like singing and this is the best way that i know how to continue doing that and to improve at it and to get better at it. Um, and kind of found out that I had a knack for it and thought about going to grad school and I decided not to go that path. But these days it mostly has, in, there are certain, certain times that I really have to work hard not to sound like an opera singer mm. um, in making this music. Yeah. And there are other times where I have to sort of try not to be as much of a perfectionist. Because, mm. um, I mean, I'm sure that you have encountered it too, where it's like when you're recording something, it's like, oh, I can do this better. I can do this better. Like, I, at a certain point, it doesn't serve us as musicians or as people to track something 50 times. Totally. Because um, it's like, certain time like it's going to be indistinguishable to anybody else's ear mm -hmm. um but the things that i think it has informed me with uh the things that i find the classical singing and technique to inform the most are consistency throughout um a work and in singing that's like oh can you maintain a, a consistent and supported and specific tone throughout from one phrase to the next and throughout the entire song um, but in art it's like can you can you keep can you hold on to an idea uh and execute it in a way that makes sense as consistently as possible um being intentional about the small details of things and in singing um classical music like one 
art song, it's like paying attention, like, where do I breathe? How am I going to handle this moment where I have to sort of like decrescendo and, uh, on a note that's like up towards a higher part of my range? Um, just handling the minutia of being a musician. But then again, that applies to art or like making a, writing a song. It's like, do we want to use these? Do I want to say, and I, in like just in this one particular lyric? Or do I need to add? this one word to transition from one thing to the next like what can i cut that is excess that i don't need um and yeah i think just being more intentional with things i mean that's that's what it is it comes back to simplicity and intention hell yeah dude it's interesting that you would say that studying music in college at all or maybe studying classical music specifically has led you towards making things more simple uh, yeah you, you, yeah you might you might be the first like uh music major from college that i've that i've heard that comment from i feel like i feel like most of us are struggling with like we want to make things more complicated yeah you were music major too right <clears throat> yeah i studied uh I studied jazz guitar performance at uh, Cal State Northridge. Oh, tight. So you know Ricky and all. all oh, that. totally. Yeah, Ricky is my homie. Ricky will be on the podcast in two days. Good. Yeah. He's good fucking people. Oh, Ricky is incredible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There definitely was a time where I was like, oh, I got to got to put all the chords in this song and I have to mm. make up a thing that nobody's ever heard before. And it has to be tight and it also has to be accessible to the public. And it also like just add layers and layers and layers. And there have to be like so many specific things and every moment has to be dope. And then um, stepping back and like paying attention to the music that I enjoy the most. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, snarky puppies tight. Um, but even listening to that, there's never more than like one or two things for you to focus on at a given moment. Totally. Um, it's like, that's, and with opera too, it's like, either you're listening to the voice uh -huh. or you're listening to the orchestra or you're listening to both. Totally. And there could be a lot of things happening in the orchestra, but it's easy for things to get cluttered. Yeah. Because just our attention spans as people, it's like, listening to two humans talk at the same time it's difficult to to distinguish what one is saying let alone both um and if we apply that to music it's like it's a little it makes a little more sense because it's like it all works together it's like drums bass line harmony melody we can we can get that um but yeah, I think it's just about removing things that we don't need. Um, like throwing a whole bunch of shit out there, seeing what works, and then paring it down to like, shit, maybe this needs to be just like drums and the bass for this moment. Totally. I don't know. But yeah, thank you. That's interesting to hear. I mean, it does feel like, it does feel like everybody is trying to do the most complicated things sometimes. And I, yeah i think yeah. i think there's space for that too though because i am by no means a 
virtuosic instrumentalists and i think some of the shit that people play and can do is amazing so it's yeah man i mean you're <clears throat> you're a pretty damn good guitar player in terms of like the voicings that you gravitate to aren't elementary and that that's actually another thing i was thinking about asking you is just your relationship with the guitar how mm. how has that been going where's where's that at these days it's so a thousand percent off of where I ever thought I would end up when I first started playing guitar. Okay. It's like I wanted to be Jimmy Page. Totally. I wanted to be, or I wanted to be Jimi Hendrix or fucking whoever. When did like, you start playing guitar? I think in sixth grade. Cool. And I just like, I had a few lessons, but I wasn't practicing. So my parents were like, we're not going to pay for you to take guitar lessons. And I was like, sick. Um, and I just like taught myself and like played classic rock songs alone in my room because that was what I wanted to do. Oh. Um, and then once I got, once I like started writing songs, it was more just about like, oh, those chords are really pretty. And started listening to like classical music and like a little bit of jazz in college. And I was like, oh, this is nice. Like, you mean this existed this whole time? <laughs> um, and in the last couple years it's more been about um trying to simplify and trying to make things a little more simple in terms of like not trying to do too much and if it turns out that the song feels best if it's like an extended like 16 bar phrase and there's like a bunch of different chords like so be it but not like forcing that um yeah I have really become attracted to chromatic movement harmonically um, just because that is what feels like most emotional to me, I would say. Mm. Um, and always has, whether it's like, whether it is some jazz, like I think one of my favorite songs I've ever heard is uh, Stardust, Hokey Carmichael. Totally which is it's just it's chromatic all over the place. And like the, the chord changes, like the first time I heard that song, I had no idea what the fuck was happening because I wasn't well-versed in music theory. And now coming back to it, it's like, started that too low, but it's like, you're good. When you hear that and you don't know what's going on, it's like, whoa that's beautiful yeah. or whatever classical piece of music it is it's just like i think i've always been drawn to like there's a real payoff at the end of it mm. um instead of like i don't know i don't know why that is i but i think that yeah, I don't know. I, that's sort of that meandered as well, my relationship with the guitar. I, I always wanted to be sort of a rock star. And then I didn't practice. And I haven't, like, I haven't played with a guitar pick in probably, like, like years. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm trying to come back to that a little more and sort of develop a vocabulary as a, as a guitarist who can play instead mm -hmm. of a singer who plays guitar. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, uh, I hope that answered in some small way your question. It completely does. Is, um, is guitar an instrument that you gravitate towards while you're like songwriting? Mm. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. The songs that the songs that I write on guitar are the ones that have like more chords and are just like like oh yeah this song has like fucking 60 chords in it mm. um but when i'm just like making a beat um mm. and i'm writing with piano it's like yeah usually this is like four bars and it's a loop and that's what it is totally. or like two bars and that's a loop and what it is it's yeah i don't know why i think that because i have i learned music theory after i like had already played guitar for like four or six years yeah um so I've had to apply music theory retroactively mm. um, and he, the way that things sound in my head when I'm writing, it's like t- a little tougher for me to get there on guitar. So I make things yeah. a little more complicated. Um, yeah. Like I'm not a brilliant pianist, but like it's easier for me to sort of like see the the notes yeah. and come up with stuff. Yeah. yeah. The guitar, the, the geometry of the fretboard is, is very interesting. Gives, was that your was guitar your first instrument? Well, if I'm being completely honest, my first instrument was drums. Ooh, I took right. drum lessons for about a year when I was eleven ish, and then I picked up the guitar when I was twelve, and that was like, all right, here we go. Like this is my instrument, and kind of yeah. never looked back. So <clears throat> I've always thought of myself, as far as like instruments go, as primarily a guitar player. And um, that was only solidified, like majoring on the guitar in college. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean the 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 geometry of the fretboard and the tuning of everything. It's it's uh, it's still something that I'm getting accustomed to. It's it's on the one hand, it's disorienting, like thinking of voicings on the piano and then playing those exactly on the guitar and vice versa. <clears throat> but on the other hand, it's so freeing because like it is so different that you just gravitate to these grip sounds that you wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards on the piano. Yeah. So it really is like this alternate perspective. It's like looking through a kaleidoscope or something. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it is, it's also, it's so interesting how I've always, uh, maybe it's just the timbre of the instrument, maybe it's just like whatever it is, but it's, it is an interesting thing that like on the guitar, you can have just like root fifth octave third and, mm-hmm. or like root fifth seventh third and like yeah. that works. But if you voice that on piano, it kind of works, yeah. but not in the same way. Um, and I mean, shit, maybe this is just my gut feeling and my response to things. Like, it's probably fully subjective, but, um, or like voice leading on guitar versus voice leading on piano. It's, this definitely also is limited by my uh, technical ability to play the piano, but it's like, yeah. certain things just feel better on one instrument over than the other. I don't know. Yes. I don't know what that is. I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. I think the guitar lends itself well to those kinds of grip chords, like the yeah. the, the root fifth octave, all, all that shit that you're talking about. But um, but yeah, it's funny. I remember I was like 15 years old and I was just starting to kind of take the piano a little bit seriously. And I remember talking to my friends being like, 
guys, the piano sucks. Like everything sounds stupid on it. Like it's fucking lame. Like I don't, I don't want to play the piano, but yeah. now looking back on it, it's because I played every single chord triad root position. Yeah. So like, of course it sounded stupid. I just yeah, like, I... didn't realize that there were all these other options. It's, yeah. I mean, Hey man, I, I have probably had a very similar experience. It's like, yeah. I didn't want to play piano when I was a kid because I wanted to be playing Nintendo. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, Nintendo's pretty dope, though. It is until you can't ever win a game of Smash Bros. in your life. (laughs) You need new roommates. Uh, Yeah, I need (laughs) to make more wars at video games. (laughs) Uh. That's so funny, man. What what would you say to someone who is uh, 17, Mm -hmm making beats at home mm-hmm. and they're thinking to themselves that they want to go to UCLA and study operatic singing. What, what, what would your advice to that person be? Um, my advice would be, do you, why I would ask, why do you want to study opera mm. and operatic singing? Two, is it a thing that financially is going to bankrupt you or make your life incredibly difficult or put you in debt. And three, like, do you sing? Because um, mm. I wasn't making beats when I was thinking of going to UCLA. I started after I graduated. Mm. Um, but I would say go and audition. Mm. If you're thinking, if you're thinking of studying music, go and audition and listen to what your gut tells you. Mm. Um, Cause you will get a feeling for like, hmm, I like these teachers. I like the campus. I like the energy of the students walking around. Um, take a lesson with one of the teachers mm. um, and If you like that lesson and you like the teacher and it feels like a good fit and you could learn and grow a lot at the craft you are choosing to grow on, absolutely. Um, But I would say most important is to develop develop a diverse skill set because nobody knows, like some people know when they first show up at freshman orientation like what they want to do and why they want to be a musician but then that changes it's like i don't think i know of all the jazz majors that went to ucla i think most of the dudes that i know are like playing other genres of music and they kill it because they have a jazz education Mm. um and the classical singers that i went to school with um some of them have really just gone down that path and barreled ahead and that's tight. Um, but a lot of them have been like, no, I'm going to do something else. I'll do this other kind of music or work behind the scenes in the music world and mm. sort of do something else that allows me to sing still, yeah. but isn't necessarily um, singing professionally as the main source of my income. Okay. Um, I would say best advice to anybody that's 17 and is making beats. Um, Make more beats than you think you need to. Mm. 
don't get attached to making things perfect. Just finish shit and move on. Mm. Um, find a teacher um, that knows what the fuck they're talking about and learn from them. Because if you want to be making beats, it's really easy to make a lot of shitty beats. Um, but if you if you have one lesson with like a teacher or like anybody who makes beats and like does that mm. and is a reasonable teacher, like Kiefer is a great example. Um, anybody that teaches how to make beats in the sort of LA beat scene, um, Bad Snacks, Maddie, Jay. Um, I mean, fuck anybody on Instagram because everybody is at home now. Um, there are so many, there are two dozen people that I'm going to remember as soon as I, as we close out a conversation here. Oh, you're chilling, dude. <clears throat> like, so the access to people who can teach you how to do exactly what, one, what you want to do for a living, which is what they're already doing for a living, that access is so immediate because of the internet. And these mm. people are ready to teach you and they want to help you. And it's so exciting to get a message from somebody that's like, hey, I, like, I really, really like what you're doing. Can you teach me how to do it, please? Mm. My name is blank. Um, that is so exciting. And I think uh, the best thing that people can do is continue to be excited about what you're working on. Reach out to people whose work excites you. Ask them to show you how to do what it is that they do. Boom! Dude, you have been fucking killing the rule of threes this whole podcast. I'm I think, trying, bro. I think that was the fourth time that you just threw out like three bullet points. Is that is is that something you're aware of at all? Now I am. <laughs> Sorry. I think, no, no, it's good. Um, I think, yeah, it's probably probably just the rule of threes thing. I've always uh we all sort of respond to that for whatever reason. Maybe it's because we know it's a thing. Yeah, man, it's wild. Psychology. Yeah. Just Fuck easier to remember. Crazy shit. Yeah. It's hard to remember four or more things. Yeah, man. But three is pretty solid. Totally. 100%. What's your, uh, what's your relationship with Instagram like right now? These days, pretty good. Nice. Uh, because... It's how I'm staying in touch with most people. Uh -huh. um, and I'm feeling inspired to be creating specifically for the platform. Mm. And um, a lot of people, like I have been fortunate. I've never had somebody be a dick to me on Instagram. Hell yeah. Which is wild. Everybody's yeah. just really nice. Um, and I know that's not the case, like especially for women or yeah. um, especially for like LGBT people or... Mm. Um, just anybody that's not a white dude but like sure. even white yeah. dudes like people are dicks on the internet yeah. um like just that's life yeah um so at the moment i'm stoked on instagram because uh i feel good about i guess it's good that nobody is able to pretend that their life is more dope than it is right now that's interesting um yeah yeah, man, like I have all these like photos you, yeah. of like photo shoots that I've done. And I feel like uh, now is like a strange time to post any of that shit. Right? 
Yeah. It's weird. It feels like unless I see a video of somebody that they've made like since the quarantine started, mm. it's like, you're fucking lying. <laughs> you're a fucking liar. And yeah. we all know you're a liar. And now we know that the rest of the shit that you posted <laughs> about how your life is so dope and you're on a yacht in the middle of the fucking ocean and uh, fucking Jay-Z signed you to his label and all these yeah. people are throwing money at you. We all know that that shit's fake and you're sad. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's an interesting time. I definitely think that this is going to be like a before and after for our world. Like it's things... Things are never going to be the same after this. Yeah. It's a fucking worldwide quarantine, bro. Yeah, man. I don't know, bro. This shit is wild. I don't... Because, like, we can't even comprehend the the many ways in which things are going to be different. Dude. Dude. Like, just, like, right now, like, the next two or three weeks... We'll see if things get as bad here as they are in fucking Italy. And then whether, you know, aside from the immediate effects, you know, one of the things that I'm really worried about is that music venues will probably be one of the last things to open back up when we're talking about reintegration and like coming back to society working again. Yep. And uh, it would be so detrimental if we lost any of our beloved venues like here in Los Angeles because of this shit. Yeah, I know. It's like there's so many places that are, I mean, where we first made contact in person, like the bootleg. There's so many places like that. Or, um, God damn, it would be a shame. Damn it. It's wild. I think that everybody's going to have to just figure out a way to, I mean, but it's a venue. You can't make revenue unless you're just, unless you're throwing concerts on Instagram and having people donate, like that's a way to do it. But how sustainable is that? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't have the answers. Nobody does. Yeah, man. It's, it's unprecedented times. Absolutely. And, uh, Fuck man. We'll uh we'll get through it together. I hope. I, I hope, I hope, I hope. I think we're gonna I think you and I it's sort of our circle of people we interact with and like socioeconomic mm. class, like we will probably be chilling. Totally. But it's it's sad that people's income is going to be a factor in their ability to be cared for should they be exposed to this virus. And also yep. as a factor in like whether or some whether or not somebody is exposed to a virus that could end them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, man. So how uh how have you been doing with like the social distancing stuff? Are you are you on the spectrum of like not taking the garbage out? You know, mm-hmm. like I, I like I have some friends that are, you know, they'll wait to take the garbage out until they have to go out to go to the grocery store anyway. Oh yeah, like like uh, kind of the far end. We're pretty far. Like I would say we've ninety percent distanced because my roommates and I like day one. The we sort of we shut ourselves inside, mm-hmm. and um, we've been pretty good about like I haven't had a conversation in person with somebody that's not the two people that live here 
Yeah. Other than the grocery store clerk. Yeah. Uh, once. Mm. But so we've, I would say we have 95 to 99% effectively social distanced. Yeah. Um, and part of that is, part of that sucks because I would like to be able to hug the homies. Totally. But part of that is tight because I don't have to make plans with people I don't want to make plans with. Uh, have you been doing a lot of that? Have you been spending your time with people you don't want to hang out with? No, but the conversations of like, bro, we should link, we should build, like those aren't on the table right now. <laughs> so it's like, like, I'm happy to sit down and like, it's easy to make time for somebody if you want to make time for them right now. Totally, totally, um, yeah. But, but if, but it's also easy to, but it's, it's hard to avoid spending time with somebody you don't want to spend time with. Actually, no. If somebody FaceTimes you, you could be like, oh, sorry, bro, I was taking a nap. <laughs> I've solved go. everybody. Like, no, I was taking a nap. How? It's believable. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. Shit, I think we all, we're all just finding ways to deal with it and cope and, and vibe. Totally. Sometimes you got to vibe, man. That's all Tell we've been doing. Tell me about this uh, D&D group you're going to be in, in in a matter of yeah, minutes man. here. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start prepping for that. So I love Dungeons and Dragons. Fuck so yeah. Much. It Fuck is so yeah. Fun. Have you ever played D&D? Dude, I've never played, but I, I, okay, here's the thing, is that I have friends who play, and they tell me about the, what do you call them, conquests? Like the, the campaigns? The campaign, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. They tell me about how their campaigns will last like a couple months or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not trying to commit to a campaign. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I just want like a little taste, a little cup out, mm. a couple hours taste of something. Um, but fuck, it sounds like a fun time. The other thing with Dungeons and Dragons that I'm afraid of is that uh, I'm real susceptible to binge eating snack foods. And I, uh, feel, yes. I feel like if I get into Dungeons and Dragons, that's going to come with a lot of Doritos. You will do a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. say if you want a taste, there's a podcast you can listen to. Okay. Um, there, there are many Dungeons and Dragons podcasts. Uh -huh. um, my personal favorite is called Not Another D&D &D Podcast. Okay. I will, I will send you the link to the Apple Podcasts uh, page or Spotify. Where do you listen to podcasts? Mostly youtube actually but Ooh. i will listen on apple or spotify either one's fine cool i'll i'll send you the spotify link it's hysterically funny Hell uh, yeah. and they started two plus years ago and they're finally wrapping up the campaign um that they started two years ago they've been doing like an episode every week for over two years and it's amazing and it's so good and you don't have you don't have to commit to doing that, but like listen to the first couple episodes and it's like you get a sense for what D and D is. Yeah. So, so I'm about to prep. This is the second match that I have ever led um, as a dungeon master. Wait, when you say match, is a match different than a campaign? Or, uh, excuse me, second session. Um, so campaign is like the arc of the overall thing that y'all play. Yeah. This is just the session, like we sat down once and we created characters and then we sat down last time right before the quarantine and we um 
we played the first session. We played for like three hours and we're gonna do that again. And I need to look over my notes and make sure that I'm doing everything right. Hell yeah. Is this gonna but be the really first good. is this gonna be the first online D and D session? Yeah, this is. Wild. It's very exciting. Uh, so we're gonna see how it goes. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm sure it'll be great. I had my first like online group experience with the like the artist group thing that oh, I do. Was it? And uh it went much better than I expected it to go. I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be good and it ended up being real good. That's awesome. You do those yeah. on Tuesdays, right? Tuesdays. Tuesday evenings, 9 p.m. Yeah, it's been fun. How did it, how how did it look online as opposed to in person? It wasn't too much different except like there's the nanosecond of delay like we're experiencing huh. now, so you kind of just wait for someone else to talk, but it's fairly um it's fairly rigid in that I came up with a sheet that the leaders can lead from. So mm. the whoever's leading the group, which um, a different person leads the group every week, they okay. literally just read the sheet and it goes through this form. So the, the group meeting is the same every time. Ah, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Basically, yeah. yeah. That's tight. So it was chill. It was super great. And it was awesome because like, I was feeling particularly down like last Tuesday and feeling anxious about everything because it was, it was all really so unfolding at that point. Um, so I really, I really needed to like have that time to hang with those buds. It was cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Dude. Well, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should simmer down a little bit, give you some time to get ready for your D and D. Yes. I do need to prep. Um, and prep just means look through the, we, a friend of mine got me like a starter box mm-hmm. two plus year or a year and a half ago at Christmas time mm-hmm. that we are now finally opening. So I just need to go through and like acquaint myself, remind myself what we did last time, set things up and be ready to go. Hell but, yeah. That sounds like so much fun. Dude, it is. If you, if you are interested in it, listen to that podcast and if you're interested in it, it's difficult to get a group of friends together unless you are willing to lead it. So uh, consider DMing it. There's free shit that you can get online that teaches you how to do it. There's like, all you need is like the player's handbook really to get started. Yeah. Uh, and then like a module, which you can find online. You can either buy them or you can find them for free, I think. But wow. you should do it, man. It's a good time. I'm going to I'm going to look into it. I'm not ready to commit that amount of time just yet, yeah. but it does it does sound interesting. Like I could see me getting into some of those podcasts and listening to those a whole bunch. It's mm, so good, so fun. Fuck yeah. Well, at the end of our time here, do you have any do, do you have any words of wisdom to leave us with? Um I think the best advice I have ever been given was to seek joy and to be kind um, in doing so. Your, and, your Instagram bio. Oh, my man. Oh, oh, oh I got you, bro. I oh. got your back, bro. I got you, bro. Yeah, man. That's the only advice I ever really feel confident in giving because um, it was okay. given by someone else to me. Um, it's just like joy is not always present in the moment but we can always look for it and um life is easier for everybody involved 
if we all at least attempt to be kind totally. in as kind as we can in the moments where we need to do that. So that's fucking dope, dude. Well, I really appreciate your time. Right back at you, man. Got to hang out and talk. Okay, so to wrap this up, this is called Will You Be My Friend podcast. And the reason I called it Will You Be My Friend is because I feel like in my late 20s, it's a little bit of a lonely age. Mm. And sometimes I'll be out in public and I'll strike up a conversation with someone and I'll kind of hit it off with them. And there's a part of me that feels like I'm in grade school again because I want to pull them aside and just ask them, like, Would, do, do you want to be friends with me? So when I have done this podcast live, I have a literal note that I slide to my guests as if we were in grade school passing notes in class. I love it. But since we're not live and we are on the internet, I have made a virtual note for you bro that this I'm is my shit that i'm going to virtually slide across the internet bruh so at Yo. this point in time you should be seeing it and for our listeners feel free to read it aloud i like oh let me let me start with the greeting dear dominic i like the ideas you have whether it's a psychologically and emotionally dense song lyric or the perfectly timed comedic delivery of a bit on your instagram story I'm confident that when I pull up your content, that it's going to be great. Your creativity seems to have no bounds. So anyways, want to be friends. Can I check it? Yes, I'm clicking yes. Yeah, so there's a, you have to annotate it. So you can literally pull up like a, like a little pen mark. Oh, oh shit. Oh, hell yeah. That was cool. I haven't what seen that you? before. You put a thumbs up sign on the front of your screen. Okay, I did mean to do that. there should be an option where you can highlight like a pen or a highlighter and then you can draw on the note itself and then check which which box you want to put it on this is going to kill me if i can't figure this out oh you got this bro i'm rooting for you i see chat i see meeting view edit window help um where does this box exist i don't know it might have it you might have scared it away at this point that tracks i did do a lot of yelling i wish i i wish i was a dungeon master i might be able to help you a little more it's it's okay you've done more than an oh wait view options annotate i found it if i if i roll dice right now with does that increase your chances did i did i get it there it is. You you totally got it, bro. You checked yes. Woo! Thank you. Now we are officially friends. And once all this whole quarantine stuff blows over, I hope we can figure out another date for Zebulon. I'm very down. I was really looking forward to it because it Dude. forced me to just to, to like figure out a duo set. And then uh, I don't have to do that anymore. So yeah. Yeah, I was I was really pumped on that show too. Uh, this it was gonna Katie. be a good night. Yeah, it was going to be really, really cool. But we'll we'll do it. We'll do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm extremely down. Fuck yeah. Oh, yes, man. Have a great Dude. rest of your night. Thank you for letting me talk about myself for uh, extended periods of time. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Right back at you. Uh, I hope you have a good evening, man. You too. I'll I will talk, talk to you to soon. You soon. Fuck yeah. Bye. Bye. Hell yeah. Cool.
another podcast done. All right.